Welcome to the latest Tablet podcast. With me today is our Rome correspondent, Christopher Lamb. He's going to talk about the McCarrick Report, a long-awaited and very long report. Chris, there's almost too much here to fit into 10 minutes, but can you sum up the main headline points? Well, yes, thanks, Ruth. Um, It is a very long report, and in that sense, it's kind of very striking that we have this report at all from, from the Vatican. We're not used to receiving 499 page um, dossiers on on a very high profile abuse case and the, and the report goes really into exhaustive detail into the former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick's rise and what the Vatican knew and what church leaders knew and I, I suppose for me what what is striking is that this is really a, a, a very very damning indictment on on church decision-making around bishops and what was going on in that time about how so many people knew about allegations against Theonor Bukharic, his misconduct, uh, sexual misconduct with adults and uh, with seminarians, and yet they turned a blind eye. And there were, there were a number of striking things, um, but, but one was that it was a mother in the 1980s who first highlighted the problem of Theodore McCarrick and his behaviour with minors. And what was McCarrick? What been... was McCarrick's position then in the church? He was by then. This time he was a bishop, um, bishop of Matuchin. Um, now this woman had had known McCarrick um, when he was in New York as an auxiliary bishop, and she writes in this letter that, that or she she gives testimony. Sorry, that she saw McCarrick with her sons um, behaving in a very inappropriate way. And she said she almost dropped the casserole dish when she saw it. And she then was compelled to write to the Cardinals of the United States and the Papal Nuncio anonymously, I should say, making allegations or explaining that that, um, McCarrick was, was behaving in this way. And she never had back. It just struck me that that this is really at the heart of the problem around how the church was was being run at, at that time. No role for women. Um, and Pope Francis talked about the church as a mother. And you just feel that when you read that testimony from the mother, you think this is how far the church went wrong. It, it did not act in the way that a mother should. It didn't protect it didn't. It didn't highlight and investigate these these terrible uh, crimes and 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 evil things that that McCarrick did. And and I think for me that that is one of the most striking things of, of this report. And of course, it goes into a lot of other detail about how the Vatican didn't investigate, how even Pope John Paul II didn't um, look into these allegations in, in, a, in a thorough enough way. He did commission an inquiry, um, but that inquiry had inadequate information. There was this culture of just not facing up to what McCarrick would, had been accused of and finding out what had gone on. So are any popes implicated, John Paul II, Benedict and the current Pope Francis? Well, the, what the report does is it, it sets out what was known when and it, it it does show that John Paul II was told about McCarrick's um, 
behavior or at least there were allegations at that stage and and it is um very problematic i think for for john paul ii now the, what the report explains is is that um john paul ii believed mccarrick's denial mccarrick was very plausible um he was very powerful and he'd known john paul ii for many many years so on that basis, John Paul II disregarded the allegations that were made against McCarrick and, and went ahead and appointed him as Archbishop of Washington and promoted him. So you have that situation. Um, then we have Benedict XVI, who, who ensured that McCarrick resigned when he heard of more information about allegations and then was advised to um, have a, a church process against McCarrick, but that didn't happen. And Benedict instead sought to get McCarrick to take a low profile to stop travelling. And then with Pope Francis, we we see that Pope Francis was not given information, written information, uh, or documentation about McCarrick, but he had been told, well, there were these allegations against him and and what the report says is that pope francis continued the policy of his of his predecessors in that in that respect i don't think anyone in this report comes out with their reputation enhanced um and i think what's it what is striking about this uh, report is that it's it's willingness to kind of try and get to the bottom of what happened and to um, be honest in, in, in what went on. And, and Pope Francis and Pope Benedict XVI cooperated with this inquiry, which in itself is a startling uh, detail. So has the church changed? Because this report does show a particular kind of culture, which actually, say, as you say, is the opposite of the image of the church of a, as a mother that Pope Francis likes to um, convey. Well, I think that some changes have happened, and I think Pope Francis has certainly instituted a number of laws and regulations to try and ensure that a, a, a case like McCarrick never happens again. For example, he has said that um, anonymous allegations must be investigated. He's He's got procedures and pro processes in place to, to investigate bishops. Um, but there is still a long way to go. And I think that the appointment process for bishops is something that has to be looked at. That's still a, a, something that is done really kind of behind closed doors and without the really the, the impact of lay people as decision makers in, in, the, in that process. So it's still a long way to go. I also think we've got another challenge to deal with, and that is the politicisation of the abuse crisis for ideological ends, which we see happening with Archbishop uh, Vigano, who of course, raised the alarm about McCarrick we see in this report, but then didn't investigate um, allegations that he was asked to do to, to do so by the Vatican. And of course, Archbishop Vigano famously issued a dossier against Pope Francis in 2018, calling for the Pope to resign. And really, we see a, with Archbishop Vigano a kind of politicisation of the McCarrick report to try and turn it against Pope Francis. And what the McCarrick report shows is that a lot of what Vigano alleged in 2018 is is simply inaccurate and false. So I think that's also an element in this in this report that we have to uh, face up to that that a lot of what Archbishop Vigano said was was simply incorrect and 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 that has really been very damaging because he kind of weaponized the abuse crisis. And um, so the, the, there are two questions really. One is um, the victims. 
um, the, the trauma suffered by the victims, can, can they recover? How, how seriously does this damage their lives? And the second question is, can the church recover and should it recover? Well, I think, first of all, we wouldn't have this report were it not for the, for the courage and, and the determination um, of, of victims. Um, and the church's recovery, well, I think that, that what the church, I think, needs to, needs to, to face up to is that um, you know, what, what, what was business as usual as the part in the past can, can never be how it operates today. And it, it requires, I think, a new way of being the church. It requires um, a new way of, of, of certainly, as I said, decision-making um, or just making decisions about bishops, but it's, it goes much deeper. It goes about changing the culture, um, ending clericalism um, and, seeking to be a church which i think is i think again what the pope has called for a more synodal church which is less obsessed with hierarchies and protecting uh, power structures but a church that is more horizontal in the sense that is is much more collective bringing in different voices changing a culture um and ensuring that that, that leadership structures are not there simply so that people can protect their position, but actually seek to do what is right for, for the church. And, and I think going back to that image of, of a church as a mother, to protect the most vulnerable. Um, yes, and, and if, if the church is going to be like a mother, maybe real mothers should be um, enabled to be involved in the hierarchy, in the power structure and the decision-making process at the very highest levels. Do you think there well, I, could ever be any move in that direction? Well, I, I don't see why women cannot be um, on the board of the Congregation for Bishops helping decide and make bishop appointments. Um, you don't need to be ordained to, to do that. Um, so I think that's perfectly possible that, that, that women could certainly take a much more uh, active role in, in, in helping to make to make decisions around around those things. And I, and I, and I think the, the church needs to start including women in decision-making roles. The Pope has started to make a number of steps towards that. He's appointed women to Vatican boards and Vatican bodies, but there's still uh, more that can be done. Yes, well, as you say, a long way to go. And uh, let's hope that the McCarrick Report um, does some good and sends the church in that direction for the sake of everybody. And um, thanks to the victims and the survivors for bringing us to this point where the truth has finally begun to emerge. Yes, I agree. And I think the church has to have victims and survivors, the voices of victims and survivors at the heart of its response and to change the way that it has approached this, this terrible crisis, to bring victims and survivors in, into the heart of what of what it does and to listen to them and that's that's absolutely vital thanks chris and we'll speak thanks. again very soon thank you ruth